Hello and welcome to the unofficial, unsanctioned Women's UCI Cycling Show. My name is Dan and um, with me as always, although flying solo this week, is my dear friend Sarah. Hi Sarah, how are you? Hi Dan, how are we flying solo together? Is that a euphemism I don't understand? Is that... Well, it's a very different, very different kind of podcast if we're flying solo together. Um, but I guess if we've got to aim for whatever appeals to the market, don't we? Um, no, no, I meant more like usually at this point over the last you know month or so, you'd be like, and with us we have, insert name of someone really interesting and semi-famous, more important than either of us. Um, but this week we're just going to have to talk to each other. Oh Fuck. no. Yeah. Fuck. Yeah. Oh, can we do it? Can we do it without bickering? Like, can we do it without bickering like teenage siblings? Well, I know I can, but I don't. I've got my doubts about you. <laughs> <laughs> well, I can, but you know, I can't trust you. You're always going to let me down in public, aren't you? <laughs> and in private. <laughs> anyway, we have been watching cycling. Last Daniel may be a little bit sleep deprived this week, so you have to forgive him. He's a bit grumpy because last week he stayed up till ridiculous hours in the morning to watch women's cycling on the well I wouldn't say on the tv but it wasn't on the tv but on the piratey laptop streamy feeds Mm. well the point is you know um we we see so little of women's cycling broadcast that when it is available you've just got to make the effort so also conveniently for me my um my manager at work is actually on holidays in Colorado so don't tell Oh, yes. I mean, I mean, you know what I found really great about watching the ladies tour of Qatar? Sorry, it's the ladies tour of Qatar. Cause that's what it's called. <laughs> are, you doing, are you doing the little Britain, I'm a lady? Yeah. <laughs> you are. Lady. I'm a lady. Yes, it's the ladies tour of Qatar. And, um, but it was, um, it was streamed by uh, the um, Al Jazeera's sports side of the business being, which usually streams football. So, oh my God, how many streams were there of the race? There was like 427 trillion streams of the race, but only two of them showed the actual race. The rest just showed close-ups of the goalkeeper, which is really weird because I didn't know there were goalkeepers in cycling, but there we go. They were millions of streams, and it was very exciting. And, yeah, I mean, to be honest, this year's Tour of Qatar course, I I, I was looking at stage one, and I was laughing because I counted seven corners in stage (laughs) one. And someone was laughing at me on Twitter because I was like, yeah, they've passed the final corner. Now it's 35 kilometres to the finishing line. Well, you know, I guess there's a lot to be said. I, 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 to be honest, I have to caveat this by saying I don't know any Qatari people, so I, please do forgive me, um, Qatari listeners, if I mischaracterise um, your cultural attitudes. But I can understand the expediency of straight and flat roads in terms of getting from A to B. You know, just just when you're travelling. So I, I can appreciate that, but yeah, when it comes to a race. Seven corners in a whole race. Certainly a little bit different to what we're used to seeing in, say, the Energy Walk Tour. <laughs> well, I mean, the Energy Walk, yes, or, or um, uh, the Ronde van Vlaanderen, or one of my favourite courses ever, the Holland Hills Classics, which at one point go, went five times over the Kalberg from different directions. And the whole race is basically, you know when you kind of throw some spaghetti on the floor? <laughs> drop some spaghetti on the floor. That's, you know, it's like that omelette noise blast course. I can, course, I, I can yeah. honestly say I have not thrown spaghetti on the floor since I was, you know, maybe too young to remember, in which case I'm still denying that I ever did it. So you're on your own there, Connolly. Last week, then. Hey, 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 drunken forgetful... Yeah, no, still counts. (laughs) You are a toddler, aren't you, dear? (laughs) I wish. Life was so much simpler then. Everyone liked me when I was a toddler. Nah, nah, they didn't. You just didn't notice. Well, you know, they pretended, so... It yeah, matter. so it was Qatar. Oh, well, what did you think of the racing then? Well, I mean, what 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 did you think of it, dear? Um, look, it, it was very entertaining. It, it's interesting seeing the um, 
I guess the like like before the race started, we were sort of comparing. You know, there's a lot um, that you can say is in common with like particularly the the sort of Dutch coastal racing. You know, very windy, quite flat. Um, you hope for echelons and stuff like that, and we saw all of those things, which was very cool. But it, it still does present its own sort of unique style of racing. Again, you know, from the the. Um, I don't mean this in a, in a bad way, it's just a difference, but, you know, the lack of features. So, you know, when we're saying seven corners. Um, but it makes those moments that much more important. And because of that build-up and because of the the sense of, you know, it's kind of like it's kind of like in, in um, Flanders, you know, well, particularly on the, the old course when you knew that, um, that the mule was where someone was going to really go for it. Like, you just knew that was where shit was going to happen. Um, mm. so it, it makes for an exciting race when you've got these points coming up and, and you, you can just sort of go, okay, so now this is, oh, um, one of the things I really, really liked about the race overall was the, the way that, um, uh, over the course of the week, obviously, um, Kirsten Vild and her team were going hard out to, to try and win again. Um, and it's kind of, it's kind of becoming her race in a way. Yeah. Um, you know, but it was really interesting watching different teams and, and in some cases riders, um, you know, make their moves and, and try their hand at, at different things. Um, probably two key things that stood out for me were, um, watching Green Edge sort of over the course of, of the, the race, you know, across the, the stages, because, in some ways, you know, and I, I guess it was also fresh because we'd just spoken to Gracie Elvin um, last week before the race started. Um, you know, thinking back to the previous year and how Green Edge were sort of really, really strong and managed to put, you know, 114 riders in the break and, and <laughs> kiss and still shut them all down. Um, and it was a little bit like that this week as well, where, you know, the, the team was quite strong um, a couple of times, but but weren't quite able to to sway things entirely their way, um, which isn't necessarily a bad thing in terms of a predictor for the season because they went on to a, a really strong season. So, you know, it's just interesting to note. Um, I guess tactically they're still they're still working out Qatar, which I think is quite interesting. And the other thing that really stood out to me, sorry, and I'm rambling. It's okay. I'll, I'll, no, 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 do it so well. You do it so well. <laughs> I'll pause Go for in. a breath in a moment. I know, I know you're also shocked. You're not used to me talking about you know anything for so long. Um, but... <laughs> you're so quiet and retiring, Norman. <laughs> I know, I know. Such a such a meek and mild mannered man. Such uh, a shy, shy, shy boy as our Daniel. Yeah, definitely without opinions. Um, <laughs> so the other thing was, um, I was really impressed by um, Chloe Hosking, and I mean, obviously. I am going to exhibit a certain amount of bias because, you know, yay, Aussies. Um, but <laughs> but she was riding the race with, you know, high tech were there and, and they were doing a good job, but they, they're not, you know, like when you when you look at the team lineup, they're not the team that you expect to ride, you know, side by side and, and dominate um, yeah. what is essentially a, a hardcore sprint team's race, you know. Yes, um, and they didn't have... Some of their stars, like the, the, the high-tech riders we're going to see winning later on in the year, we didn't see. There's no Elisa Longo-Borghini. There's no yeah. Ashley Morgan. You exactly. know, they're, they're, yeah. Yeah, exactly. I mean, Ashley, Ashley was away doing, you know, other important things like winning every prize that South Africa has to offer um, yeah. and, and stuff like that. But, but, yeah, but Chloe still fought out a really, I thought, well-earned third place overall. Um, and so that was, that was another one that, that impressed me. Yeah, I mean, I thought it was interesting because before the race, there was this kind of this idea that I had this idea. And it was also, you know, kind of given to me by teams like Oraka and Wiggle, who'd been in Australia, who they would kind of say, oh, yeah, yeah, you know, the teams that are going to be strongest are going to be the ones that have been in Aussie mm. riding the Aussie races. And that wasn't the case at all, was it? I mean, the kind of riders that I, I thought it was very interesting that Wiggle, I think stage two, there was a break in the first five or ten kilometers and wiggle missed it and yeah. so and so that wasn't the one that wiggle missed that was the one which shelly olds and lizzie armist had missed but wiggle all of wiggle had missed the break in the first in the first stage and you know while charlotte becker had a had a was, was third in stage two and you know georgia bronzini was second in the final stage they weren't living up to what they'd said mm, beforehand mm. 
and I kind of felt Orica had that had that same kind of thing as they did last year, where they got almost every rider into the break every day. Mm. You know, they were they were the dominant team in the break, all for you know whenever there were, whenever yeah. there was a break, but they didn't actually you know they didn't follow it through with any wins and and it was and and it's very interesting to watch i mean yeah it was the thing i found fascinating was the teams that were there prepared and going for it and the teams that were basically letting their opportunists see what they could do Mm. Yeah, well, I think that was part of it too, and and I think I mean you're absolutely right. I mean, hell, we we were here, you know, last week um, talking with Gracie and and literally asked the question: Do you think you know having ridden all of these Australian races will will stand you in good stead? And and that was the consensus was yeah. Um, uh, it's interesting, you know, the way that 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 all changes on the road. I I noticed actually that Gracie herself had not been. Um, too pleased with her own um, performance over the first two stages, you know, and really felt that she only started to come right on the third stage. Um, yeah. And and um, their um, their DS um, made similar comments about the team overall, like not in a critical way, but just in a, evaluating our performance. You know, we could have done mm. better over the first two stages. We started to pull it together as a team on the third. And I think sometimes... That might also be one of the things about, you know, Qatar being sort of the, the first, um, you know, major race of the season is that there are a lot of teams that are still putting the pieces together and sorting out what the pieces are. I mean, you know, Orica's okay, yeah. designated sprinter for the race was Melissa Hoskins, who had literally just come off um, track nationals, which... You know, while while racing's racing and, and all that sort of thing, I don't imagine that riding a lot of track um, in preparation for, for nationals is, is necessarily the ideal preparation for launching into, you know, stage racing on the road um, where you're expected to finish sprints. Um, so, you know, I, I think it, it is one of those interesting races because, as you say then, on the other side of it, you get teams turning up who are just here for for this race and ready to 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 hammer it and um i think that's part of what i enjoy about it though because you get that that really interesting mix of of things that are going on and also i mean i guess i also just really enjoy the you know the first look at the season you know it took me i think it actually took me probably three and a half maybe 3.8 maybe four and seven eighths of a stages um in a four stage race to to get used to Tip Cromwell not being <laughs> in an Orica kit, <laughs> so so they'd say something and I'd be looking and I'm like I can't see her, I can't see her. Oh, that's right, she's she's in the yeah, you know. So it, it's part of that too. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I thought you know what I really thought was that a lot of teams had come out having watched. Kirsten last year and got ready and prepared and especially specialised Lululemon mm. and Anna van der Breggen for Rabobank Anna van der Breggen and Iris Slappendel was yeah. such a fun pairing you know it's basically let's go out and we'll attack her and where they all went wrong was that while yes they'd all you know looked at last year and watched the video and, and relived it and knew how to attack Kirsten etc Liv Giant like Giant Shim- Liv Shimano Oh my god! I'll I know that's going to be so confusing for the whole year. It's going to kill me. It didn't. It's not. You know, like last year it was Rabobank Giant Sh- Giant Live. Then it was Rabobank Live, and now it's Giant Shimano for the men and Live Shimano for the women. Except yeah. the fact Giant are also for the women too. I don't know. Anyway, but Kirsten's team. Oh my <laughs> god! What a step up. I mean, that was the problem. Yeah. Was that everyone else had worked this out and taken a step up, mm. and Live were just fantastic. Well, I think the one of the things I loved about Liv um, this year was that they they played the the multiple cards just beautifully, you know. Yeah, yeah. Um, it, it was just classic, you know. All right, everyone's gonna gonna you know sit in and 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 pay very close attention to to Kirsten. Of course, we expected that. That's why we're sending seventy four riders up the road. You know, yeah. <laughs> you can't I, catch them all. I really love stage two. So Kirsten had won stage one. Mm. Um, stage two, there was a break from about ten kilometres, and it kind of came into the finish line. And once they turned the court, you know, turn a corner and got out, got out of the mega wind. And there was a break that went up. And there, there was kind of can all we, these. Attacks. Can we trademark that the mega wind? 
mega wind. And they were, there was a time in the final in the final stage where they were just sitting there going, oh, you know, they look like they're attacking and killing it. And they go, yeah, they're riding at 20 kilometers an hour. <laughs> Yes, and they're still like really, really, you know. Like, oh, yeah, that's wind. So they're there in the mega wind, and um, but this final break, this final break goes up the road when Anna van der Breggen attacks, and she goes out with and 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 out with her goes Charlotte Becker from Wiggle, Inga Inga, Sil- Inga Silvernita from Rustfellow, and Amy Peters. Yep, and. Amy Peters is live. Last year, she had two um, third. She had two uh, podium places on the on on the World Cup. She was third in the Tour of Chongling Island, which was interesting because while I know she's a trackie, I always thought of her. She's you know the type, she's been winning Best Young Rider jerseys since she was about eighteen. She's mm. only twenty two now, and I was like, so I've always thought of her as a GC rider of the future. So when she came third in Chongming or second, I can't remember which. I was really, really surprised, and that was that strange race where the entire peloton got misdirected, and yeah. Tatiana Chenko won because the rest of the peloton couldn't chase her down because they were on the wrong side of a road with a barrier in the way. Yep. And um, yeah, and so so when they and that final break of four was hilarious because you've got Van der Breggen and Silvanita who are much who haven't got that much of a sprint as as much as others, but are really, really attacky and feisty, and. Then Charlotte Becker, who's kind of time trialist, and you got Amy Peters, and she's like obviously not taking her turn. No, no, I can't take my turn. <laughs> can't take my turn. My team leader's in goal. I can't take my turn. <laughs> <laughs> and it was that usual problem of, and, and it was just lovely watching yeah, them play yeah, that. Yeah, and, yeah, and it and was. Then, it's just one of those, you know, like it, it, it. You could almost see it creeping into like an episode of Faulty Towers or something, which is like, no, sorry, I, I couldn't pass it. There's, see, leaders behind me. Um, so yeah, sorry, you go ahead. You go, no, 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 you go, yeah, and just yeah, the the farce of it being brilliant and the the prisoner's dilemma then for the others too of do we drag this freeloader the whole way. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> or yeah, yeah, do yeah. we, or do do we wait for for Kirsten to come back and kill us all? Like, it's... yes, exactly. Do we? Yeah. Which, what, what should we do? And then, and then when Silvernita, so Silvernita started out early, and then Peters had this enormously long sprint, hugely long, mm. beautiful, beautiful, just getting far. You know, one of those ones where it's just getting where the gap's getting bigger the closest the line you get yep. and you could see the others like chasing, and especially Amanda Bregan, who was you know chasing hard behind her. But she's just pulling us out. And that face when she crossed the line, just that mix of incredulity and happiness and tears. And, yeah, yeah. Oh, my God. And then Kirsten being so super happy to hand over the gold jersey to her teammates. Mm. Which, and on stage. It's just awesome. And, I mean, it, it's one of those fun things, you know. Like, I think, I think um, it's great when you see it happen. But I think it must also be really great for everyone within the team. You know, like yeah, it, it's yeah, just yeah. it's just another one of those sort of little things that that really cement the whole idea of team and teamwork yeah. and, and all of that. So yeah. And then when, when they went into stage three with Kirsten and uh, with Amy Peters in the lead, Kirsten behind her and about you know I think it was eleven seconds back because the thing about the ladies to ladies tour of Qatar is that you get intermediate your intermediate sprint bonnies um, at the at the sprint points. The top and the and the top three riders at the sprints and the top three riders at the end get seconds off the GC. So on stage three, um, Kirsten uh, hit was hit. Basically, they're doing the same. This great tactic where Kirsten goes out to hit up all the sprint points and win up. I don't think there was one sprint point she didn't win, except that there might have been someone out in the lead in a breakaway at one point. And so Kirsten took the sprinter. You know, they basically well, we'll have Amy out there for attacks. <laughs> Kirsten there for the sprint. I mean, you just could not and. The other and and when Kirsten, Kirsten took the jersey back in stage three and and she was saying yeah I'm really happy I'm just really sad for Amy you know I'm sad to take it off her but it's good for the team and it's it was such a lovely 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 moment but they just had from that point you can just imagine everyone go fuck last year we just had Kirsten chasing down everything mm. this year she's not even going to bother chasing because she's got Amy up the road. <laughs> Yeah. But the other rider I was really impressed with, but it wasn't just those two because the whole of Liv seemed to be much, much. They just seemed to have taken a step upwards. And the other rider I really liked watching was Sarah Mustanen. Yeah. Um, yep. She, oh, so and she she was especially she was leading out. She was doing a lot of she did a lot of the chasing for Kirsten. She did a lot of leading out of leading out 
at, at the um, intermediate bonification point, she was such a good super domestique, really. And I'm so happy because she always was in high tech. But last year, she, I have no idea. What were you thinking, Sarah? She went to Farron. <laughs> and um, <laughs> Sarah has feelings about Farron. Let it be known. Oh, Farron. They're, they're famous for, I, I think, well... Yeah, let's let's not say anything our lawyers wouldn't want us to, but um, let's, okay. let's leave sometimes, it at a shutter and keep moving. <laughs> sometimes you hear about riders not being paid their contracts. For example, for example, Nicole Cook, when Nicole Cook was riding for Farrah and she had to take them to court to get paid. And sometimes you hear other things like that. But also Sarah Muston and last year, I... I don't think they, they didn't rate her. She was riding well, but they, you know, they didn't take her to the Vogorda World Cup. Sarah Mustonen's Swedish. Mm. And it's, it's like, that's one of the things that's just, that's just like a mortal insult. It, she's Swedish. She rides really yeah. well in that race every year. Yeah. You're not going to take her to race her home World yeah, Cup. That's it's like, just... that's like not taking her to Ikea when you need furniture. So. <laughs> I'm happy to drink in the office. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, I really like, so yeah, Qatar, the racing was great. We'll link you up to the videos. Kirsten mm. won. Won, 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 won. Yes. Um, Chloe was great. Mm. Well, I, I was going to say, the other cool thing about Qatar was that there was a whole bunch of other stuff going on around the race. Mm. Yeah. So um, I actually don't know a lot about this, um, so I'm hoping slash expecting that you'll be able to talk us through it. But I know Chloe, um, and I think some of the other the other riders from um, from high tech also um, went for a ride with the Qatari women's team. Yeah, there's there's um, so it's you know that um, Qatar um, has an interesting international reputation on human rights issues, indentured labour treatment of women and stuff like that and while they're riding here in 20 degrees temperature it has been maybe questioned why Qatar gets things like the World Cup of football and they've got the World Championships in 2016 for cycling and they're going after the Olympics and one of the things that they're actually doing ahead of that is to try and actually answer some of the criticisms about their treatment of women and when they've got the cycling things, cycling world championships, one of the things they've done, they've actually set up a Qatari women's cycling team to to to, to, to try and enter it into the world. Oh, which is, I think that's really cool, actually. No, it is really cool, and they've hired yeah. Pierre Sunstead. Um, Pierre Sunstead is a long-term rider. She used to win Giro Giro Donna stages back in, you know, back in the early 2000s. And then she switched to mountain bike and she's a a multiple marathon mountain bike, you know, World Cup champion and European champion and stuff like that in marathon. She's hardcore and she's ski medals and stuff like that. And she's taken over coaching the, she's been asked to, to coach the Qatari women's team. And so Chloe, Chloe's been asked last year. Chloe was asked by the tour, by 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 this Qatar Cycling Federation if she'd be an ambassador for the 2016 Games, so 2016 Worlds. So she went out with the Qatari women's team, and there was a really nice blog about from her about what they're doing to encourage women's cycling in an in an area where you know it's it's just mm. not it's just not been done before. Yeah, and yeah, and. And what I really loved was, so there was a blog from Chloe, but there was also a blog from Arafa Ali, who's one of the Qatari women who's, who on the team, yep. saying about it from the other side. And that was just lovely. I mean, they'd only just got their road bikes. Oh, wow. wow. You know, and this is an, so it's, an inter- it's interesting because, you know, it, it, it's, yeah, so that was, that was a nice thing, you know, looking at the global, you know, there's a lot of talk about the globalization of cycling, but it's, it's, you know, you, what do you, what are we doing to encourage cycling in, in yeah, well, yeah, I was going to say, it, it's quite cool to see a, a country like Qatar actually, you know, take a race that, or a set of races, I guess, that I, I suppose at least at first appeared like they may have just been not a, not a publicity stunt, but, you know, like a race for the sake of having a race there. 
um, in a way from the outside. But I think it's really cool to see that they're actually uh, taking active and definite steps to to make cycling a part of their identity, you know, and, and yeah. not just not just hold the race, but actually, you know, develop a sport and um, and participation. And yeah, I think I think you're right, you know, a lot of credit for for them acknowledging that they've got some um, challenges in terms of how they're historically viewed um, and and their their record on on those sorts of issues and uh, are taking steps to begin to address that. I think that's I think that's quite cool. Yeah. Um, did, did, did you read also Chloe's interview in Cycling News about the Qatari world? I, I was going to say, they. I, did she decide that she was going to win the worlds before they asked her to be the ambassador or after? Like... <laughs> You know, and and how much how much do we have to worry about you know these? I I mean I'm kind of in favour of this mythical air conditioned tunnel. I think that's really really cool. <laughs> I I especially like the idea that there's a secret um you know um portcullis. So Chloe sprints into the tunnel um, and gets like a three second gap, but as she comes flying out, the portcullis drops and everyone else gets trapped, and she goes on to win. Yeah. No, you don't think that'll happen. <laughs> okay. I like I liked her joking about anything could happen. They could build a mountain. Uh, could, uh, <laughs> joking, joking about air conditioning tunnels and yeah. stuff. It's yeah. yeah, it's it's. I mean, I I have to say, I'm dubious about worlds being in Qatar. I'm just, I am. Really? I don't. I don't think it's. I just don't. I just. I do love the two. I do love the ladies tour of Qatar, but I don't. I. I yeah. It's. It's not going to be Why? quite the same as 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 um, Firenze or uh, Valkenburg. Are or, you? Are or, you afraid it's going to be Copenhagen all over again? I no. I mean, I think. Well, we do know that. The, we do know. We do know that they can ride it. Obviously, we know they can ride really hard. Mm. Oh my God! Imagine a Dutch team. Imagine if imagine if they go out to ride for Kirsten Veeld. Pardon me. Imagine yes. imagine imagine okay, imagine a team of Ellen Van Dyke, Kirsten Veeld, Mariana Voss, um uh Anna van der Breggen. I would watch this race. I would Yeah, I, I think it might be I think it might be um It might actually it might be, be the best worlds ever. I think you know what I think the biggest the biggest battle is going to be within the Dutch team. Well, no, see, I think what's going to happen is on corner six, the Dutch are going to move to the front, go around the corner, form an echelon, and just gutter the shit out of everyone, and then you race know. each other for the top, for the top, yeah. the top six places. Yeah, yeah. I and I don't you can't even... pretend that you wouldn't be sitting on the edge of your sweet seat squealing in delight as that happened. You yeah, would love I, that. I, yeah. I mean, who would they ride for? I mean, I hope, I hope they'd ride. I mean, as much as I well, absolutely I'm pretty don't sure, that. I'm pretty sure you would finally get your dream end to a race where they all ride across the line together, holding hands, singing "Kumbaya." So <laughs> that's not my dream end to a race. I, 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 I can you imagine Kirsten? Um, can you imagine Voss leading out Kirsten? Ah, that would be so awesome. And Ellen Van Dyke. Oh my god! See? Uh, yeah, I mean, Qatar, yeah. No, I yeah. think I think we've talked you around. I think this is going to be a fantastic world. Yeah. So. Um, other things I liked about Qatar, I liked Tiffany Cromwell taking over Bicycling Magazine's Instagram. Ah, well, that was a bit of fun. I liked um, Emma Johansson making friends with a camel and then not making friends with a camel. So I I liked all the camel pictures. I liked Luce Hunawick singing with a camel, and I really liked Miranda Vries actually explaining which one out of her Kirsten and the camel the camel was in case we didn't realize well you know you can never be too sure um it must be something about the air over there because the the one time that I actually um was in the region um every photo that I have from that holiday that I was in I pointed out who I was even though I was the only person in those photos Yes, I so, like the one of I like I like I like the one of you holding a falcon and pointing out which was you and which was the falcon. I was the one in the black t-shirt. Mm. Um, I also liked in stage four when Je Jesse McLean and um, Irina Bershenkova were out um, giving it a go on one of the laps where 
Pershinkova took the wrong turning and um and that all was scuppered. But I really like Jessie's um Jessie's Jessie's uh blog about it on cycling tips going, Yeah, you know, she got a bit overexcited because we could turn corners at last. <laughs> <laughs> and I love Gracie's blog about the Baklava and all her blogs. And yeah, and and yeah, I mean dear women's Peloton you, that you, you could always, always post more photos of yourselves with camels, please, 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 please. <laughs> oh, good God. If someone takes camels to the spring classics, we're doomed, I tell you. Doomed. Oh, Holy my goodness. shit. Well, what, what do you think the Flandrian version of Actually, camels is? Actually, you know is? what? You know what? I, I would just, I would settle for fans um, at Flanders wearing camel, you know, like camel heads, like a camel costume. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. I mean... Did you, speaking of Flanders... Maybe you should go other... as a camel. Maybe you should go to Flanders this year as a camel. Will you be my hump? <laughs> I'm not going to be a dry hump. <laughs> no, wait, I didn't mean, I meant like alcohol. Oh. <laughs> Damn it. You know that moment when you realise that, holy shit, I really am tired because the really dirty joke that I would have made if I was aware of it is, <laughs> is way better than the drinking joke I thought I made. <laughs> I can't believe you even thought that was about drinking. I, I, except that it worked out well for everyone, I'd actually apologise. That was so bad. <laughs> Well, you just ruined my segue as well, because my segue was going to be, speaking of Flanders, did you see the Emma Johansson Visit Flanders video this week? <laughs> well, I'm confident there's no dry humping in that either. <laughs> Although she did say that she couldn't work out the um, the bread automat machine, so... I'm not entirely sure how that... I'm not going to yeah, ask. No, don't I... think about that too much. Um, it no, was a no. bloody good video. It was, yeah, um, Emma Johansson, um, Visit Flanders, they've got a whole load of little videos um, up from various different, you know, aimed at various different countries. Um, I also recommend their Eddie Merckx video. Um, that's that's quite funny. But yeah, Emma talking in Swedish about why how much she loves Flanders. It's an absolute thing of beauty and adorableness mm. and fun for um and fun just for... lots of lots of great little lines you know like beer belly or no beer belly sunday's ride day <laughs> <laughs> and every every pub has a cycling team or yeah. rather every cycling club has a pub yeah so you know and and i thought and i i thought that the, the the cycling bar stool at the end was genius <laughs> and it's what you should have in your house well it's what i should have in the one, two, three, four, five, six, seven pubs within a block of my front door, yes. Yes. But yes, um, everyone should watch it and everyone should visit Flanders, basically, and go riding in Flanders. I mean, it's not like we didn't know already that we should all visit Flanders, but we should visit Flanders when there aren't races on. Or when there are, or both, or just move there, but, you know, stuff in Flanders. Yes, things. stuff. Uh, what else? What else? This? Oh my God! So much stuff. We mentioned Ashley Moorman. She won the. Did she win the road race as well? I did mention. Yes, she did actually. So um, I'm pretty sure. I, I'm sure I saw that on Twitter maybe last night while I was not sleeping. Um, yeah. So um, Ashley yeah. Moorman, South African champion. Um, I like. Did you read her blog about the high tech team camp, where they foolishly went to an all you can eat sushi restaurant, where they were um, where you got fined for anything that was left over. Oh, I haven't read that. No, that sounds awesome. There's actually a, um, a reasonably famous restaurant in Sydney where they do that too. Like, you either have to bring your own takeaway containers or you get charged a fortune if you have leftovers and don't take them with you. So, yes. Mm. Yes. Um, I, I liked that. Um, there was Cyclocross. Did you watch the Cyclocross this weekend? Did you watch the link I sent you and told you to watch? Um, hang on. This weekend or talking yeah, World Championships? Weekend. I watched. I watched the World Championships. What was this weekend? How was this Cyclocross after the Worlds? Everyone knows Worlds is the end of the season. No, it's not. It's not for Cyclocross. Oh, Cyclocross is so confused as a sport. I would be way more into it if they would sort that shit out. No, 
it's not confused at all. It's because because they, they they've still got they've got three big series. Okay, they've got three big series as Dan. They've got the World Cup, which kind of is you know culminates before Worlds, but then they've still got the Super Prestige and the B Post Bank Trophy. And the reason they've still got these is because the weather's still shitty in Belgium. Yeah, but why don't they have Worlds at the end like Worlds is meant to be? Everyone because knows they're, Worlds they're, is the end of the season. And the, the weather might be too good if they have Worlds. Well, then they move the other competitions earlier so that they have Worlds. No. These Why are the they, rules. You, you just want us to have less racing. You're so you're so mean, Daniel. I, when did I say less racing? I didn't say less racing. I said I said that Worlds is the end of the season. Everyone knows it's this. Not, this. It's not, just not, how it works. Not, 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 I'll take your fingers out of your ear. This isn't going to work as a podcast. Um, eventually, Sarah <laughs> will take her fingers out of her ears and join back in. Um, in the meantime, I guess because we're talking about Cross, we might as well mention that um, Brian Cookson thinks maybe we should be working to get Cross thrown into the Winter Olympics. Now, I know, I know, I know what you're thinking. This comes up every year, and it also comes up every Olympic year, and particularly every Winter Olympic year. And the answer has always been in the past, you can't have cyclocross in the Winter Olympics because the Winter Olympics is only for sports which are only or always played on snow and ice. However, something interesting is happening, and that is that the um, International Athletics Federation has said, no, we want cross-country running in the Winter Olympics and the IAAAF IAAF have got a lot of power and they've got a lot of power with the IOC and so the UCI is joining banding together with them let's have some mud sports in the Winter Games and yeah and the IOC have said hey we're open to changing some of our ideas well so, it's yeah. yeah and I have to say it's it's not actually you know it's not a bad idea in a, in a lot of ways I mean those are sports that um well I mean, okay, maybe maybe not so much cross-country running, which you probably can run year-round, but that's no reason to not let it run in, in winter if that's the preference. Um, but cross certainly lends itself, I think, to a, a Winter Olympic sort of schedule. And holy shit, you know, that would be that would be like three sports that I could watch at the Winter Olympics then. What's the third? Curling. What's the second? Hockey. Oh, okay. Yeah, because I've been thinking, because do Australia even enter people into the Winter Olympics? I know you have that I know you have that time when that guy won because everyone else fell yeah, over. Yeah, speed skating. He's a hero, that dude. No one knows his name, but we know who yeah. he is. But yeah, so but do, do, do you, I mean, do you, do you... Yeah, no, we do. We actually have, um, we've, we've had several gold medal um, skiers, um, oh, I, and, I and we, enter, we enter snowboarders and stuff. Yeah, I bet you have absolutely crazy dudes who do who and dudes and dudettes who yeah. do ridiculous things. Yes, yes. So, um, yeah. Speaking of the Winter Games, um, because look at me, I'm the queen of segue today. Um, speaking of the Winter Games, I have been really enjoying Gillian Carlton's writing this week. Well, she's written some written, yeah. Well, written and spoken about some pretty pretty big issues actually. You know, given the week, um, you know, and and. I think it's fair to say that we're both always pretty um, impressed whenever someone's willing to take on bigger social issues um, that that it relate to, but extend beyond their role within the sport. And you know, I mean, you know, you've done this a couple of times yourself, Sarah, with um, with articles on our site um, related to you know some of the the sort of unspoken issues that that occur in cycling. You know. Um, for example, um, you know, multicultural representation um, in in cyclists and um, and stuff like that. Racism, in, in, racism, yes. you mean, dear? Racism. Yes, yes, yes. Well, you know, I've been taught to be careful about throwing that word around. Um, so really, yes. Remember, remember that time when I used to accuse you of everything you said being racist. <laughs> I went through a week where, where anything Sarah said, I was just like, that's racist. It didn't go over well. Anyway, moving on from Dan and, my bicker, Dan and, I, Dan, Dan and Sarah bicker watch. <laughs> which, which I'm sure you'll all be pleased to note is at healthy and normal levels. So. <laughs> no, um, I was really interested in, in Gillian Carlton's stuff. I mean, firstly, she had a, there, was an, there was an interview... 
um, with both Gillian Carlton and uh, Clara Clara Hughes um, about depression and mm. and Olympics. And they're both Clara Hughes. Obviously, is like this massively famous um, famous speed skater and cyclist, um, Canadian Olympian. Uh, you know, won medals in the Winter Games, in the Summer Games. She's Superb. basically the most famous person in Canada outside of Rob Ford. So she's uh, she's lovely, but they were they were both basically both Gillian Carlton and and Clara were talking about their dep- their issues with depression and mental health issues and how the Olympics doesn't help and how sports psychologists in the sports have been you know focused on the sporting ability which mm. may be at odds with focusing on people's actual gen- genuine mental health so that was really i really liked that but then i also saw in Gillian's facebook that she was saying why she's not watching as, a, as an openly as an, an openly queer athlete why she's not watching the Sochi games and it's like yeah that's why i'm not watching it man you know i can't as a queer person watch and embrace and invest in the olympics in russia i can't it's like it feels really wrong and especially when the you know the 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 media attention is all about oh look we don't have a toilet oh look you know our shower's not working and it's like fuck me look at the environmentalists being 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 fucked over look at look at what it's like to be queer in 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 russia at the moment jesus it's just not it's not good it's not it's yeah so it is it is one of those very interesting things about the the olympics that they um, very deliberately try to turn a blind eye to some very important issues, you know. I mean, it was similar when the, the Summer Olympic Games were um, in Beijing. And um, I, don't yeah. know, I don't know how widely it was reported elsewhere, but I was actually quite proud that um, even though he, you know, wasn't allowed to do it as a, as a visible protest as an athlete, that Cadell Evans made it very clear that he was going to be wearing his free Tibet T-shirt while yeah, he was yeah. there. It was just yeah. under his other shirt, but um, I do remember at least one interview where he sort of had his his like tracksuit top unzipped far enough that you could just see the the like top of the B peeking out sort of thing, and um, and you know I, I think it's really important, um, like like we we're saying before that that people stand up for things that are important and that they that they believe in, particularly when it comes to human rights issues, and um, you know I. I on the one hand, I can sort of understand why the IOC tries to steer clear of that sort of stuff because obviously they can't solve it, but I don't think ignoring it is the right approach either. Um, and and so, yeah. And uh, one of the things I really liked about um, Gillian's posting on Facebook and the, the Guardian article that she referenced in, in her posting as well was that it also really brought home that, that whole, you know, sport exists basically as entertainment. Um, mm. you know, and the vast majority of sport is funded by, you know, what we politely call sponsorship, but what's really advertising like it is, it's just advertising. So when we watch it, we're paying for it with our attention in front of advertisers. And, um, and so it just really brings home that point, you know, and I, I thought the way she did it was really good where she was like, I'm not knocking our athletes. I want them to do really well. I totally understand why they're competing. I wouldn't ask them not to compete you know, but I'm not going to tacitly support something that I believe is wrong. And um, I thought it was a really principled but even-handed stance to take. So, yeah. Yeah. And especially as a Canadian, I mean, like, you know, the Winter Games in our countries aren't a big deal, really, are they? I mean, they're they're not, it's not like we're going to, it's not like, it's not like the summer games. It's not like swimming in the summer games for the Aussies, is it? It's like it. it, it it's it's yeah. It, it's a big and and actually, even for someone to say, yeah, I'm a, I'm an openly queer athlete, is something that you know. Given this world of terrible, terrible sponsorship and people being, re- you know, NBC mm. edited out of the USA broadcast. Of the I know OB that standard. was disgusting. Oh. The, the, the IOC statement on the IOC statement on equalities, mm. and you're like, is that because of the? Is it because they don't believe in equalities, or is they, or is it that they think the American audiences would get bored listening to a speech? I mean, what is that? Poor, you know, or do, do they really think that USA types who were were who were interested in the Winter Games weren't streaming the ceremony on their laptops? You know, <laughs> yeah. But no, I mean, I'm really, yeah. I mean, you know, it's, it's, it's hard for, you know, there's so much, especially being, you know, especially when, you know, being a dyke is like this insult that's thrown at 
at at women at women athletes all the time. Do you know what I mean? Like mm. like oh you're butch, oh you're a dyke, oh you know. It's it's nice that it's it's always good when riders you know when riders are are, are willing to put their neck over the parapet. So yay yay um, Gillian and you know it's also yeah she was impressive. Mm. Um, well, while we're speaking of impressive um, you know and courageous stories, I think it's probably worth taking a step over and mentioning um, the amazing interview with Carmen Small on Bicycle. Oh, my God. Yes. Oh, my God. Mm. Yeah. Oh, my God. Which... I mean, that's, that's, that's just, I mean, in a different, in a complete, you know, in, yeah. take in a, it's not like one's more or the other, but it just it's in a different, it's mm. just such a weird, weird, amazing thing. Do you want yeah. to tell the world about it? Well, you know, it, it was it just... It, uh, it's. I actually feel kind of odd because it's. It's you know, uh, well, I've got to explain it, and then I'll explain why I feel a little bit odd about it. Uh, basically, um, Carmen Small um, uh, was. Well, <laughs> I can't remember the headline, but it was something like you know how she she won the world TTT and and became a mum overnight kind of thing. Um, so this interview with bicycling um, basically reveals, in part of the interview, the story of how um, Carmen's sister, who has a whole bunch of, of issues, um, some of which relate to addictions and, and things like that, um, wasn't able to look after her two daughters any longer. So Carmen and her husband made the decision to basically take the, their nieces in and um, and parent them. Um, now, they're, they're not like super young girls. They're, they're early teens to mid-teens, I believe, um, which presents its own challenges because you've, you've got stubborn, strong-willed, you know, emerging adults who, you know, have various attitudes to power and authority and all of that sort of thing. Um, and, and how that sort of had impacted on, on her life, her husband's life, how she's changed her routine in the day, how she manages her training and racing. And once again, I think, you know, for me, certainly well worth a mention um, was the point standing out where she's talking to, to Christy Scrimjaw and um, about, you know, well, what's right for you and your family? What do we need to... Oh, fuck, I love that about Christy and, and the way she runs her team. She really does just, like, what's right for the riders. It starts and ends there. Yeah. It's so fucking good. I mean, um, imagine taking on teenage daughters to... Because you're saying that, you know, the, 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 the girls are going to probably be living with their grandparents while Carmen's out, you know, for the time Carmen's out racing. But, mm. yeah, I don't know how this is going to work long term. And, oh, my God. But, but the idea that a team could say... Yeah, you need this is something you need to do. Normally mm. you just expect people will just leave. I'm quitting cycling. You know, they're not yeah. they're not yeah. the human man. Carmen's Carmen Small is, is is you know, she was a bronze medalist in the World ITT this year. Yep. And and she you know, on well specialised Lululemon, I guess are the team I'd probably trust most to actually pay their riders. Um I'd i yeah, I kind of I have no words. I really, really am in mm. awe of the fact that she can carry on. It's not, yeah. it's not a choice. And, you know, and I stress this because, you know, we're so used to, for example, Jens Voigt with his 14 children and, you know, and no one questions how he can be, oh, you know, he's kind of presented in the cycling media as this good loving dad who just happens to be away from his 14 children for six months of the year. You know and, what I mean? Yeah. Like, yeah. like, like no one, no one questions like the American guys who, you know, they're out there, they're out there with, you know, the back home. They've got a home being being looked after and run, and the gas bills paid, and kids, and you know what I mean? They're kind of, oh, I really miss my children. Well, you know, you know it's 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 the Odyssey all over again, isn't it? You know, the men go to war and the women stay home fending off um, suitors. No, <laughs> wait, no, it's not. It's different. It's exactly yeah, like the Odyssey. But it's it's nice to it's lovely. I think it's the men fending off the suitors, Daniel. Yeah, but how good would it be actually to write? Dan, Dan, no, no Dan. let's let's write a book of a cycling season as if it were the Odyssey. That would be cool. Oh, I suppose. Oh, which race? Which race would be which? Yeah, I know oh. that would be half the fun. And then working out who the you know sirens were and who's the cyclops. The cyclops was so much easier back in the days of Pat. So, yeah. you know, like, like, is this good? Well, I, all right, we'll come back to that which idea. Team, 
Which teams are going to be? Which teams are going to be turned into pigs by Cersei? Well, you know. And will we notice? Well, I mean, look, it's hard to say, but it, all I'm saying is, if the Astana B pink kit actually turns pink partway through the season, <gasps> we'll know something's anyway, up. Anyway, let, let's de-divert and just. Oh yeah, sorry. Yes, out. back to You're back talking, to meaningful things. I just, I love, I love, I love, 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 love. I mean, you know, Olga Sky is back this year. She took last year off to have her third child, and I love that. I love the fact that teams can. And riders can can work, around, you know, can, can can support that. But especially Christy Scrimgeour, say, what what do you need? What mm. do you want? You yeah. know, like just yeah, all all best love and support for for Carmen Small because that's just that's just amazing. Yeah, yeah. And um, before we diverted back there, though, I do like the way you tried to distract me from my question, which was, did you watch that video I sent you, Daniel? What video? What are we talking about? Cyclocross, do you remember? Back Worlds, up. I watched Worlds Live. No, no. Did you watch the video of Kratom Cross Neil that I sent you and said, watch this, what do you think of that final sprint? What video did you send me that said, watch this? There's the any... Mariana, Voss, uh, Mariana Voss and Sanacant in the final sprint in Kratom Cross Neil, which is Sanacant's Oh, where, where, where Voss misses the pedal? Yeah. Yeah. What do you think? Oh, totally real. Real. I mean, I mean, Ed on Ed on um, Twitter said, "Well, it has to be real because you wouldn't. It would be really, really dangerous to pull out, pull yourself out of the pedal just yeah. for fun." It, for it, not well. That that for a start, it would be very, very dangerous. But also, this is Voss. She's just physically incapable of not going for it. No, I don't know though. I mean, this is Sanna Kant's home race in no, Lille, and, no, and she really respects no, Sanna. No, no, no way. Because if you really respect someone, there's no way you soft pedal it. No, yeah. no, 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 no. Absolutely, a million times with my dying breath, real. Yeah, I mean, have a look, have a look, dear, 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 dear listener. We will put it on our blog, prowomenscycling.com. And we'll also put a link to the other cyclocross race this weekend, Hoogstraten, the um, penultimate super prestige, which was won by yep. Nikki Harris. Just, um, bef just before Worlds. Britain is the number one nation in cyclocross. Again, again, still, still. Yay, yay. Very exciting. Um, yes. Although wow. I, was, I was really happy in Worlds that Lisa Jacobs finished. Um, Lisa is the first ever... Australian cyclocross champion and the first I think she's won she was part they were the first Aussie team to go to Worlds I believe that's true yes yeah so we're we're so, new to cross but we'll get the hang of it eventually I mean basically I expect obviously cross has got a bit of a spiritual home in Australia at the moment in Melbourne which is kind of of, of mainland Australia that's where you'd expect it you know because it's got the shittiest weather um, but I half expect Tasmania to really take over Cross. That's where I think it's going to kick off because because Tasmania is where it can get like really really shitty, and we already know that Tasmania can produce top notch cyclists. So yeah, that's my tip. Yes. Um, other things to mention to people. Uh, I think you should all go and read Clara 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 Clara. Oh God, I'm going to kill myself. Clara Beards interview with Catherine Bettine about La Course by La Tour de France mm, um, yes. the women's race we put we talked about that on our blog we don't need to talk about, it, about that again but just to say can you imagine Dan in July it's going to be Kirsten Veald, Georgia Bronzini Chloe Hosking, Mariana Voss racing down the cobbles of the Champs-Élysées I'm still, I'm still trying to work out whether or not I can sell my couch for enough to pay for a ticket to, to fly to Paris Trick question, because the answer is no, no. That couch isn't worth anywhere near that much. How about? I mean, we always hear about, but we, you know, obviously the um, boat people being being shot at and and you know submerged and stuff, trying to get into Australia is something we hear about. But could you stow away on a ship out of Oz? Well, the problem is they only tow them back as far as Indonesia, which is already technically an invasion of Indonesia's sovereign space and um, a war crime. But yay! Um, no, maybe, no, no, maybe no, we shouldn't no, talk no, about no, politics. No, wait, could you stow away on a boat to Europe? I mean, obviously you wouldn't be able to get onto a um, oh. onto a 
onto a refugee boat because they're trying to sink them. No, dude, see, you know how that story ends. That story ends with the the boat being attacked by pirates off the coast of Africa and me making friends with pirates and becoming the Pirate King, which, while awesome, would mean that I'd miss the race. So, yeah. Um, I yeah I, I I love yeah hurrah for the Lacoste by the Tour de France not least because it's the most unwieldy and stupid name <laughs> I've ever heard. Um, it's so, it's it's great in French though I'm sure yeah races races other races with mouthfuls of names I am absolutely gutted that one of my favourite races the Rabo Sterzoysha Islanden the Sterzoysha Islanden is gone forever yeah it had. It it, it, it it went last year because of money problems and they were trying to get it back up for this year and it's gone forever and I am gutted, gutted, gutted. It was another incredibly fat race in reclaimed land in on the coast of the North Sea and uh, yeah, I'm gutted, mm. gutted, gutted, gutted. Yes. Um, mm. I mentioned Mariana Voss and we mentioned the Winter Games but did you see the video where we might see what Voss is doing next? Uh, I haven't seen that video yet, no. What, what? She was playing, playing ice hockey with a bunch of kids. Oh, right. No, she's, she's not going to be an ice hockey star. No, you know what? Voss, when she, was, when, she was a, when she was a little girl and a teenager, as a lot of the Dutch cyclists did, used to also, sit, also speed skate. Oh, yeah, speed skate I get, but no, she's, she's not. She's, what, she's too tiny to play hockey. You know, you've got to be able to, like, it's all upper body strength. Well, not all, but there's a lot. You've got to be able to throw people into the glass, throw a good punch, you know, like, and be missing, like, 400 teeth by by this stage of your ice hockey career. So there's no way she'll be a hockey star. No. Okay. Mm. But okay. speaking of speaking of um, you know little girls doing amazing things, that does remind me. I did enjoy the, uh, the interview with Ina. Um, that came out during the week. Yes, um, Peloton magazine. Um, it, I, I, yes, it did. It, it has got a little bit of a. You have to go and buy it. Go and buy Peloton magazine because that's a really, really in-depth profile interview with Ina Yoko Teutenberg. I like the bit about the hospital where her mum would come in and the hospital would go, "Which one of the children is it this time?" <laughs> I, I, I love the bit about her her very first race. Um, how, you know, cause it just, it describes her so well, you know, she's like six years old lining up against all these boys and she wants to beat them all, not because they're boys, but because they're there. <laughs> and then, and then she crashes like 200 meters in and you know, if this is Ina, so even at six, her, her version of a crash is, uh, destroy your bike so badly it can never be ridden again. And it is actually sent to a, a, a museum as a work of installation art. Um, and, and half her body's torn off in road rash. And so the next day she goes and gets her townie and signs up for another race. (laughs) (laughs) So yes, it's a, it's a good, good, good profile. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, we want to, we want to encourage people to go and buy it and then tell Peloton magazine you've bought it because of the article. And because of this podcast, you know, might as well. Yes, yes, yes. So um, I recommend that. Um, the other things I wanted to mention: um, we talked about losing races, but there was a bit of a tease about a race we might have in the future. Well, you know, nobody's ruled out uh, a women's Jayco Sun Herald Tour yet. Yes. So, um, so it's it's not a yes, but it's not a no. Yes, it's not. It, we read about this in Monique Hanley, who, as you all know, is is very active in cycling Victoria and cycling Australia, and she started doing a Wednesday wrap up for um, aimed uh, based on. Well, it, it's, it's 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 focusing on cyclists um, on 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 women's cyclists from Victoria, but yep. obviously that includes a lot of Aussie stuff and a lot of international stuff. Um, we recommend it. Um, follow Monique, Monique Hanley on Twitter and read her Wednesday wrap-ups because she's great. Yes, yes, indeed. And while we're speaking of things that are, are great in general, we should also point out, in, I guess while we're also speaking of people that we've chatted to in the off-season, um, that, that Clara, um, Clara Beard, uh, has taken a leaf from our book and, uh, and started... <laughs> Her own sweary podcast. 
Yes, um, Clara's got a sweary podcast, and this week she talked to. She's on a podcast where she's talked to um, the founders of Cyclofem, who are a um, American uh, um, campaign to get more women cycling. Yeah, yeah, they're a they're a participation movement, basically. Um, yes. I guess in, if you were going to sort of try and give it a framework, I'd say it's something sort of similar to what Lululemon have attempted to build around yoga, but this being more focused on cycling in terms of encouraging women to participate and to share their experiences with other women and, you know, encourage more women to ride more bikes more often. So Yes. But yes, so listen to that. It's the Broken Spokes podcast. And also Michael Creed, who does Open Mic with Mike Creed on mm. the Cyclist site. He's got a couple of podcast interviews up with superb mountain bike road cyclocross rider um, Meredith Miller and also one with Catherine Bettine about yep. the course de la Tour de France and stuff like that. So, and yes. Mike's, Mike's a guy that I, um, I have a great deal of admiration for because he swears and drinks almost as hard as an Australian would. So, you know... Um, that's that's high praise indeed. He's um, he's almost good enough to be an Australian. Yes, 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 yes. And if you're thinking that your women's cycling knowledge is really good and much better than Daniel's, there's something you should be doing right now at this time of year, and that is making your team in the Podium Cafe Virtual Director Sportif game. Apparently, oh, oh, food. good. I'm re- fuck. I thought you were about to announce that you were advertising my job. Holy shit. Give, no, me, no, give me a warning next time. Fuck, man. At least, at least fire me in private, not on the fucking podcast. Holy you shit. <laughs> Fuck. Not cool. Not cool, Connolly. Not cool. Fuck. Uh... Yeah, um, I, I, yeah, um, if you've ever, it's a really, it's free to enter, it's, it's, I like games, um, I like games, I'm bad at Just, just out of, just out of interest, Sarah, how did your team do last year? I didn't enter a team last year. Mm, yeah, so, like games, huh, like competing against Dan and seeing where you wind up, huh? Sure, sure. I beat you the year before. Yeah, well, you know, that was, that was the year before, you know. It's like win one and then then retire because you don't have the balls to see it through. Okay, whatever, whatever. <laughs> anyway, um, you can set up a team. Basically, you get to pick riders that cost points. I I am terrible at maths. Maths gives okay. me anxiety, so I didn't enter a team last year. But I might get off my backside and enter one this year and yes the big question are you going Voss or non-Voss in your team look I set myself a challenge last year to go non-Voss and I actually I I had a a pretty good season without her and I kind of liked um you know like nothing against Mariana but uh, you know I kind of liked the the way that that worked out for me and I liked the challenge of it and so I think I'm going to go that way again this year plus they also changed it sorry the the way that the the thing works is um basically you get a budget so you have 150 virtual points to to spend oh by the way the game is completely free to play so um 150 virtual points but then you can only have um certain combinations of riders in different point tiers um so Voss is one of those riders who is usually worth an astronomical sum compared to everyone else because, well, you know, she's Voss. Um, but then that means, do I take Voss and, you know, 14 one-point riders or or do I take a combination of, you know, um, Evie Stevens and Anna van der Breggen and, you know, Ash Mulman and see see if that, with a, with a mix of 6-4, 2 and one-pointers, carries me through you know so it's it's very very interesting and i actually encourage you even if you don't know much about women's cycling it's a great way great way to learn more about the sport and just to keep you interested in in the course of the season so yeah do do it all you have to do is create a login on podium cafe and you should already have one of those and then um and then sign up Yes, and um, we could set up a uh, a sub league because you can set up mini leagues with whoever you like. So we can always have the unofficial, unsanctioned women's UCI podium cafe virtual director sportif. Let's mock each other and see who loses by most points. League. That that sounds <laughs> sounds like an excellent idea. Chances are that I will be somewhere towards the bottom, um, but I'm okay with that because I drink a lot. You are naturally the back end of a camel, aren't you? 
Um, it depends because I could be the front end of a very ugly camel. Okay. Yeah. Or so my mum tells me. Does your mum tell you it's all right, Dan, because you've got a terrific personality and that women don't really, women don't really look beyond the looks? And No, and my, my mum lived with me for 18 years. She knows that yeah. nobody believes that. So she doesn't say that you know, women want more than women want more than you. Oh, no, 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 no. She says, she says that. They do want more than just good looks. She's just like, you're fucked. You know? Yeah. yeah. Don't, don't have the looks, don't have the personality, and you, you're way too much of a smart-ass. She, she just sighs and goes, you're going to die alone. If you, dear listener, want to prevent Dan from dying alone, um, you can date him. <laughs> or tell your so, friends. So tell says Sarah, but I do. I do actually have a few, <laughs> a few points of order before accepting any dates. So. <laughs> But yeah, yeah, as always, as always, send your um, send your send your possible Dan dates and any comments, any questions to us at prowomenscycling at gmail dot com, or you can tell your female your female friends who want to date Dan, or you even to follow him on Twitter where he's Dan W official, and hopefully it won't change your mind about him. <laughs> oh, honestly, can your opinion of me get any worse? Really, really. <laughs> Hey, thanks for listening. Um, we will be back in, uh, what, two weeks? I think we are uh, back in two weeks, aren't we? Well, the next things coming up on the calendar are Track World Ch- I mean, Obviously, we've got Cyclocross this weekend and next weekend. Um, we've got Track World Championships coming up 26th of February to the 2nd of March. And then the Omloop Het Neusblatt on mm, first. Springtime, yes. Omloop, Omloop, Frozen Wars. All right. Well, we'll we'll be back for uh, we'll be back for frozen eyeball cocktails, and um, in the meantime, watch all the videos, click all the links, and enjoy yourselves. Thanks for joining us. Bye bye. <laughs>